What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fish Lift Eat Podcast here on the Hunt Lift Eat Podcast. We got a special treat for y'all today, something a little bit different. But um, so my name's Casey, you know, he's your host. And then joining me as always is John. What's going on, John? How's it going, Casey? Been a while. How are you? Going good, man. Doing good. uh, Excited for something, you know, a little bit of a a different episode that we get to give y'all today. We got two guests joining us today. To Hunt Lift Eat team members, we've got Josh and Roger. What's going on, y'all? Hey, how's it going, guys? Appreciate uh, appreciate you guys having us on, man. We're fired up about it. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. So, um, so Josh and Roger, they've been working on a on an awesome little project here that's going to be um, be available to everybody here real soon. So, we wanted to have them on to uh, to share that with y'all, and um, you know, without without giving too much away, I'd rather let y'all, you know talk about what you've been working on here but we got an article that's um that's going to be available to everybody through the on huntlifteat.com so what, what what y'all been working on uh yeah man yeah so so kind of give a little bit of a backstory um you know probably at this time last year actually i kind of took over the uh the blog section of the website and you know it was right around the time we'd kind of had some rumblings and some ideas about uh fish lift eat and kind of kind of going a little bit different direction and trying to, uh, you know, add some more broad content for, for our followers and our readers. And, uh, you know, I got to look at the blog and, you know, and I was kind of guilty of this too. There's a whole lot of hunting articles and there's a handful of recipes and I'm like, man, there's nothing fishing on here. I'm like, we gotta, we gotta do something, you know? So, so we wanted to kind of, uh, make it a little bit more broad. So I was kind of brainstorming on some fishing articles and, you know, at the time we, uh, we had a couple that was put on there from some from some team members, and you know, so the biggest thing just trying to make things a little bit more broad. So, uh, you know, the the coolest thing about the sport of fishing is, you know, depending on where somebody's at, you know, my version of fishing and what I grew up with is a lot different than anybody else's, and just depending on where you're at, and what you grew up accustomed to. But, you know, growing up in Kentucky, you know, I, I did a lot of my fishing either in the Ohio River or fishing these small streams and creeks that you know, run out of the mountains or, or run into the river, you know? So yeah. I, I started putting together, uh, I started putting together an article just kind of talking about, you know, fishing the streams of, uh, in or near the Appalachian mountains. Uh, cause that kind of, kind of hits home to me. Um, you know, and I kind of got to talking about it and put some things together and, and reached out to some people that I fish with and some of my family members and, and asked them, you know, their, their best approach that they use whenever they're fishing and, or their favorite lures or, or their time of year or, you know, water conditions and kind of just put a piece together. And, you know, it's kind of cool because right around the same time, you know, I was just kind of telling you guys before we press record here is, uh, you know, right around the same time I was finishing this, I got to talking to Roger and then he starts throwing a bunch of pictures of some, some trout that he had caught and down in Tennessee. And I'm like, heck yeah, man. So we kind of, kind of got together on this and uh, threw some content together and, yeah, we're uh, really excited about it, man. And just to kind of push uh, push the fifth the fish lift eat, you know, and uh, try to make that a little bit more prevalent in what we're doing. But yeah, like I said, we're really excited about it. And uh, Roger, you can kind of take off and kind of go from there, man. Yeah, you know, he reached out to me once I was done with my trip with a buddy of mine um, fishing the streams up there, and it was is is a really cool experience. Um, mostly time I've ever fished for trout was. Uh, fly fishing in the Smokies. Uh, but a buddy of mine invited me to go to uh, Sitico Creek uh, near the Cherokee National Forest. And we 
took some spinning reels and, you know, we spent a weekend just hitting the, hitting the streams and seeing what we could get. And we actually, we hauled off every day. We, we pretty much limited it out every single morning or at least by lunchtime, we were limiting out every day. So it was a pretty cool experience. Um, first time fishing for trout with a, a spinning, you know, a spinning reel. Um, but you know, we found really good success with some Florida orange power bait and man, it was just a great time to experience it with him and, you know, just be able to be, you know, get away from work, get away from the, the hustle and bustle where we were at. There's no cell phone service. So it was just us and the streams and, you know, being able to share that and just, uh, you know, make some lasting memories with fishing is, is, a is a pretty cool thing to be able to do. And uh, hopefully, yeah, you know, the national forest to, uh, make some memories in too. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> an absolutely amazing. beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's right, man. I I've never been down there, but I could just tell from the pictures. I'm like, man, it looks awesome. And that, that's, that's one different. of those trips too, that, you know, it, it means a lot just to kind of get away and unplug and, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're, you're catching anything, man, it's more about the memories made and the people that you're people that you're spending the time with, you know, that's, that's huge. That's kind of gain a little bit of perspective. I mean, especially you being a police officer, I mean, I'm sure as busy and as hectic as that could possibly be. And then you kind of able to unplug and, you know, Oh, it's definitely a yeah, drastic go change. Go stream, man. That's right. That's right. We need to make. We need to all kind of strive to make more time to to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's kind of kind of where you're at. Yeah, we we talked about that a good bit with one of our previous guests, um, John from from Foodafield. He, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, we it was a lot about you know those memories, those core memories, but also just how fishing, you know, aside from hunting and maybe other things, how there's that relaxing camaraderie piece to it to where you can, you know, whether it be, you know, out on a dock with, you know, friends or family or whatever on a boat in a stream, it doesn't matter. But, you know, whether it be because you're not having to like be sitting there perfectly quiet and still like you are, if you go hunting with some friends, but you know, you you can kind of be cutting up, having fun, talking stuff and, you know, you can enjoy camaraderie around fishing a little bit easier than you can hunting or other things. Yeah, there's you talk about the camaraderie too, man. I mean, we kind of all have have the stories of you know growing up and you know what uh, you know what made us love what we do, the outdoors, hunting, fishing. You know, I can I can say personally, like I, I grew up kind of like in the northeastern section of Kentucky, so I've got the Ohio River in my backyard. So I mean, some of my favorite memories as a kid with you know with my parents and cousins and grandparents and friends were spent on a riverbank trying to catch fish you know and that's Mm -hmm. and that's that's really cool man and and like now it's few and far between you know i'm a weekend warrior i guess around work you know i'll try to go to the lake or take the kayak out or hit the river you know but i do a lot of fishing especially we kind of talked about the wade fishing and to kind of bounce back towards the article you know normally being a teacher once i get in in the summer break i'm uh I'm trying to fish as much as I possibly can, you know, because I just know once I get into the fall, you know, life happens and you, you get busy again. And, you know, you're not out there as much as you really, really want to. For sure. So let's let's dive into the article just a little bit. Maybe give uh, our listeners a little little sneak peek here. Give them something to want to go look for. What what specifically are you talking about in your article? Okay. Yeah. Uh, man, it's actually, actually a funny story. So I went to, uh, I went to college in, in a little town about an hour away from me, uh, in the, the Daniel Boone national forest here in Kentucky. It's uh, Moorhead state university. And, uh, I had a couple buddies that, that I grew up with and that uh, I roomed with there when I was in college. And we used to always kind of sneak away on, 
non-class days and, you know, skipped a few classes to go fishing here or there, you know, and, uh, there was a, uh, <laughs> there's a creek that, that runs right through town. Uh, it's called Triplet Creek. And, and we would go over there, man. And, and we weren't, none of us were from there and we were fishing and not having a whole lot of luck. And, you know, to me, I kind of threw it in the, in the article, but to me, you know, every bit of good advice when you run into somebody in the woods or fishing, it just kind of seems like the best advice you can get is from like the old timer local that knows everything. It's been fishing that place or hunting that place for 50 years, you know, but I kind of had one of those experiences, man. I, I don't know what we were doing, but we were down there just throwing lures and just messing around, honestly. And I ran into this old man uh, down there on the creek and and got to talking to him. And, you know, it was one of those situations where he had, you know, he'd been fishing that, that little piece right there for like 40, 50 years. And uh, got to talking to him, and he was super nice, man. And, and he kind of pointed us in the right direction for what we were wanting because we were wanting to just kind of take off and wade fish up the creek and find some good holes and stuff. And he uh, was super nice, man. He put us put us in the right direction, and and he he basically kind of laughed at us for what we were using. I don't know what we were even throwing, man. But and he told us that he'd been fishing there for forever, and, and he the only thing he ever uses is uh like uh the rebel makes them. Uh, they're crawfish crankbaits mm-hmm. and he swore by those rebel crawls man he's like look he's like when i come down here i don't even bring anything else he's like i'll, I'll bring 10 of these and throw and just pick different colors and just take what they're hitting that day you know and kind of gave us some different advice and and he actually he gave us one and gave us one and i'm like heck yeah man thanks and it was just an old one that was beat up and you could tell it probably caught 100 fish and been stuck on rocks and everything but we, we uh the only thing we could do, man, we were, we made a trip to Walmart and went and bought about 10 of them and came back and, you know, and that honestly, just running into that old man provided, you know, a, I mean, probably 20 to 50 fishing trips for the next three years that we lived in that college town, you know, it was awesome, man. And, and that, uh, that kind of got me hooked on, on the wade fishing part of it and hitting freshwater streams and, you know, man, and it was just really cool because, I mean, those and that Lewis and that guy, he could have been like, "Ah, man, you know, hey, piss on these young kids, you know that I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not sharing this honey hole with these guys." But that also comes back that you know, I would like to think that we were, uh, we were taking care of, you know, the outdoors and, and not littering and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But you're also talking about you know, 20 year old me, so I'm, I'm not sure. But you know, at the time, he kind of took care of us, man, and set us up and. You know, so kind of looking at the article, man, I kind of kind of introduced that and talk about those rebel crawl, rebel crawls, man. Those things are, are great. And I, I throw those, you know, if I'm in a creek or like a small, small river, some shallow water with some moving water, I'll throw those. And, and really, I, what I really like about those is they're really, really hard to get hung up, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you're, you're, you're looking at fast water because, you know, they're only dropping about a depth of about two feet. Um, and they, uh, they actually start on the top water. So I've had times that I'll throw them in a hole, and as soon as they hit the top of the water, I mean, it's boom. It's, they're smoked. As soon as they hit yep. the water, I don't have to do anything, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I use those a lot, man. I, normally, anytime I, I go fishing, I'll start with those until something, until I'm not catching anything before I even switch to something else, especially in that kind of setting. But, you know, I haven't caught many, you know, just absolutely just – huge fish off those but you know i catch a lot of small mouth catch some large mouth even catch bluegill um you know we catch a lot of uh some people call them rock bass we call them red eyes i don't know if you guys know what i'm talking about or not but we yeah. catch, 
we yep. catch a ton of red eyes off those, man, especially you're looking at some fast water kind of bouncing off the rocks and those little holes and stuff, man, those red eyes getting there and I can run them little fast, fast parts and we'll catch, we'll catch some red eyes like crazy off of those. Yep. Um, the, the, um, we very similar setup here with the, the freshwater creeks up in New York and the smallmouth bass is hanging behind every rock, but they're still, oh, yeah. they're so aggressive and they, they see that pattern come by and they're just instinct is to hit it. And it's, you really don't need too much time out there. Some days you get, you know, 30 or 30 minutes to an hour on a Creek and you could, you could do some damage, especially with a good pattern and with some active fish. Dude, that's exactly right. And like, I, uh, like most of the time, if I know I'm like, so I live in like the Northeastern part of Kentucky and, uh, my wife and all my in-laws are like on the Southeastern part of Kentucky, like close to Tennessee and Virginia. And, mm-hmm. uh, we, we fish the, the North fork of the Kentucky river down there. And, uh, you know, if I know I'm going in, it's, it's a few days before that I'm always texting my father-in-law and I'm like, Hey man, what's the river look like? You know, how we looking here? How we looking? Yep. You know, cause I'm like, man, I hope, cause it, it, unless it's just rain and it's real muddy and, you know, looks like chocolate milk, you're in pretty good shape down there. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can catch fish, man. So we'll, we'll sneak off and, and go down there and hit the river and at least for a few hours, you know, every couple of days that I'm down there, man, it's, a, it's just an awesome time, you know. Kind of like what Roger talked about on his trip, man. It's just the camaraderie and the you put the cell phone, leave the cell phone at the house, and just get out. And you know, it's more about the uh, about the memories made. You know, but we've caught some big ones out of there. I've actually there's a picture that I'll that I'll share whenever you guys see the article of my brother in law that caught a heck of a smallmouth there. And I think he caught it on a it's a uh, a power bait is a a chigger craw. So you mm-hmm. kind of see the trend there the the crawfish the crawdad. You know he. Uh, but there's a handful that, that he really likes uh, of those chicken crawls. But I uh, kind of keep it simple. You know, it's either it's either one of those chicken crawls or I'll use those rebel crawls or, you know, there's all kinds of different stuff. Uh, Roger, won't you uh, – I, I could sit and blab all night, man, so you, you just hop <laughs> in and cut me off. Won't you, won't you kind of talk about what you were throwing down there and, uh, you know, your experience uh, down there on it? Uh, is it Sitico Creek? Yeah, Sitico yeah. Creek. Gotcha. Yeah, so it was my first time actually um, fishing that trip with my buddy. Uh, normally, I'm I'm kind of either bank fishing or wading up in the the Smoky Mountains and some of those streams doing fly fishing. Um, other than that, I'm usually on the lake, you know, crappie fishing, bluegill stuff like that. Um, so my buddy invited me. Uh, he'd been going to it probably for the past thirty years. It was a it was a place that him and his dad uh, went every single April, and. Uh, it, you know, his, his father passed away about a year and a half ago and, you know, we're going to continue that tradition of keep going. We're going to take our kids. It's just a great place to go. And so we got up there and, um, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, it's kind of a, a stocked, stocked Creek. They come through here every so often and stock the Creek. He's like, but you just go walk down the bank and there's, you know, you just try and look for little pockets of where you think the trout will be. And, you know, we just took a couple of vests with probably three or four different color power baits and, you know, just really, really small treble hooks. And we just started throwing what we thought they would hit on. And man, I, I got on that orange power bait and I never looked back. Like you, mm-hmm. you toss it in there, you wait maybe a minute and those suckers will hit on it and off you go. And it's actually kind of funny. My buddy was showing me like, Hey, here's where I think a good pocket would be. And he literally just threw the treble hook in no power bait, no nothing. And he caught a fish. He, he caught a trout on just, just throwing this little treble hook. In. 
like they were just smacking anything that hit the water, which was made it a fun trip. Um, but yeah, man, we just, we just walked down and used power baits all the time. We didn't really have to deal with anything else. Um, they would hit on orange power baits or, and sometimes green. And we caught some, we caught some pretty good fatty ones off of it and I took back to the campfire and, um, you know, threw it on the, the grill there and had some good fish, some good eating. Yeah, I was oh, looking yeah. at your pictures, man. It looked like you guys had a, had a pretty good day. Pretty good day in a oh, while, yeah, man. especially no cell phone service. I had, <laughs> I left the outside <laughs> world behind and was just up in the, the creek with a buddy for a weekend. It was, it was, a, it was an amazing trip. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's, that's awesome. Really, that really is awesome, man. But yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. That's what it's all about right there. So, oh, yeah. so that we can cater this to kind of the, the eating part of fish lift eat. How did, uh, yeah. how'd you fix those trout? Uh, it was real simple. We just, we ran back into town for, I mean, it's like 50, 50 minute drive back into town. We got some lumen full, uh, you know, some, some lemons, or we tried to find some lemons to squeeze on there and just some salt and pepper and just, uh, you know, put it in the aluminum foil and threw it on the, on the, the campfire, you know, five minutes or so. And then it was, it was good to go. Nothing, yeah. nothing too, uh, too complicated about it. Just spice it up a little bit and let it heat up on the fire. Yeah. They're good yeah. eating fish, especially, yeah. uh, you know, the quicker you cook them. Yeah. They're, uh, they're pretty good. Yeah. I found with the ones that I've eaten, the more you try to do to them, the, the worse they get. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, salt, just, pepper, just keep, oil. just keep it simple. That's yeah. Need. So on the other hand, now I told you guys, I, I grew up fishing in the Ohio river. Um, I would not recommend if you ever have a chance to not eat any fish out of the Ohio river. Um, <laughs> so, so believe it or not, I don't have a whole lot of experience on uh, what Roger just talked about. Um, but, uh, man, no kidding. I, I caught a catfish down there one time and, uh, had a, uh, we had a campfire and I was like, man, I'm going to flay this thing and, and try to cook it. And it, uh, I'll never forget the smell because <laughs> how nasty the water was. Dude, cat, catfish, you cannot go. Catfish oh, is not man. a, uh, a creek to table. Quick oh, meal, no. man. You got to yes, cut man. off the fat cap on that. You need to soak it in buttermilk. You need to get a good beer batter on it. There's a lot <laughs> that goes into catfish. Hey, <laughs> hey, shout out to, uh, pollution. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm freaking, I'm cooking this catfish, man. And there's like a, like black tar, like oozing out of it. I'm like, I'm like, man, is that natural? Is that supposed I, to be there? Listen, I took, a, I took, I took a bite and I'm like, nah, it's good. I, I, I know it's nasty. So that was, that's the only time I've ever tried that. I'm talking yeah. black tar. Uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to all the power plants and everything. Dropping their, uh, dropping their, uh, slurge and everything in a higher river up and down the river. So that's. It's all good. <laughs> uh, but, man, I, I, you talk about uh, how you cooked it. One of my favorite fish to eat is bluegill. I know that's kind of simple. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. It's actually pretty good. Oh, it's, it's great, man. We, uh, bluegill, perch, walleye. Oh, heck yeah, they all man. Came from the same fa- or they all come from the same family. And, the, man, they're so simple and they're so good. Heck yeah, man. My, uh, I talked about my, my father-in-law and his, uh, him and one of, one of his brothers. Uh, they go to a little place. I believe it's, in, it's either in Virginia or North Carolina. I'm not super familiar, but it's called Kiyoki, Kiyoki Lake. And, uh, man, they go out there and pretty much catch their limit of bluegill every single time they're there, and they come back. So on Sundays, it's one of those family gatherings of fish fries. And, man, it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work to play them little bastards. Oh, yeah. oh, it right. is. But man, they, but, man, they are good. 
They are good. See, I, I have my threshold on them. That's how, like, if we're going to do a big fish fry and, like, feed a lot of people, it's either, like, you know, brim or crappy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, good old crappie, man. There's, like, a threshold there. of If I'm fixing so many, filleting goes out the window, and I just fry that sucker whole. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll descale it, and I'll dehead it and all that, but, like, if I'm doing more than, like, six, that thing's getting fried whole. You're just going to have to take <laughs> That's probably the way to do it, honestly. Oh, yeah. That's the way my family would... does. Every 4th of July, we always do a fish fry. The night before the big old fish fry, we just go out and do a bunch of crappie fishing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. We just come back and we just fry all of it because we're not going to sit there and just flate. I mean, dozens and dozens. Zero of chance of me doing that. No. <laughs> Dude, I, so we did that. I kind of took that to college with me. And... um I had I was sharing a house with some guys that had never like done fish fries or whatever, and we we had a very wide range of of people come to eat at the house. And this one dude come, and I kid you not, he ate the tail and everything, and was saying that like the the tail was the best part. It was like he said it was like eat, he said it was like eating a potato chip, and I was like, dude, you're you're just wired different than no, me. Yeah. There's no way I'm eating that tail. I mean, I'm all like in college, like I'm all for chasing tail, man. But I'm not about to eat that fish's tail out of that fryer. Well, there's your title of the uh, there's your title of the episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> chasing tail and eating chasing it. Tail. Eating tail. <laughs> and oh, this is the last time that. Casey gets to host a podcast episode. <laughs> we'll follow it up with an article. <laughs> yeah, that's y'all's next. That, that's the next article y'all got to write. Buddy, you got to give the people what they want. That's it. That's it. That's, that's what we do, man. We're we're here for everybody else. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but no, man, that's 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 kind of what we're looking at, you know. And, and like I said before, kind of get back to it. But you know, the really cool thing about fishing, I kind of beat a dead horse. Is you know, everybody's different. You know, depending on where you grew up and what you do and what you grew up doing. I mean. My experience is different. Most time it's just kind of where you're at and what's, what's easy to you and what resources you have. Like, you know, um, you guys know what men are saying in is y'all do that. Like saying in nets. Yeah. Yeah. So like we, I got uh, clue what you're talking about. so we'd fish in a river. Like we knew we were going to be fishing. We would go hit like a little stream and it's like a saying in net. I guess that's, that's what you call it. That's what we call it at least, but it's basically like a tomato stick and about like four or five feet of net. And another tomato stick. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. What would okay. you call that? I have no idea, but I've seen okay. that before. I got I've you, never sir. heard it called anything. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we would go hit a little creek there by the house, man, and, and, and go through that and, and basically catch fish like that just for our bait for the night on the river. You yep. know, and I, we'd go out there and, you know, sane them creeks and come out with these little chubs and everything and that's our bait for the night and go down fish and you know the cool thing about fishing on the Ohio river too man is you have absolutely no idea what you're going to catch that's true yeah i mean it can be you can catch anything i, I caught the uh like a soft shelled turtle one time <laughs> it was fast it was fast as lightning and i'm like what the hell what the hell is that <laughs> you know but uh that's the cool part about it man but that's i mean obviously i, I hit lakes and and some of these small streams and stuff, but you know, fishing out of the Ohio River is right there close to the house. That's probably about eighty percent of my fishing in my life has been down there. You know, just because it's—I mean, I can throw a rock and hit it from the house. You know, so it's just right, right there on me. You know, but yeah, it's cool stuff, man. I mean, that's you talk about the the camaraderie and just the peacefulness, and you know, it's not like you're sitting in 
in the deer woods and you got to be quiet. And I mean, you can sit out there and hang out with your family and your buddies and, and, and talk and connect and, and still enjoy what you're doing. But no, it's awesome, man. That's, that's the cool part about you guys kind of getting this fish lift eat thing thrown together and, you know, kind of an extension of hunt lift eat. And it's, uh, it's really cool what you guys are doing. We definitely, uh, use more articles post and, uh, impromptu uh, podcast to help fill up the plate uh, well that was that was my next question is what uh what what can we be looking for you know to see more articles in the future you know what what else y'all got got going on that you think might uh might make an appearance yeah man so kind of kind of backing up a little bit so so we ran the blog um you know and actually we're kind of pushing to not call it a blog anymore it's an article and recipe section that's Uh, why i've been calling it article this whole time you just hadn't caught on with the program that's right. <laughs> get, with it. get with it, Josh. I'm used to, man. I don't know. But anyway, so we, I was just saying it just worked. <laughs> so we, uh, so we kind of ran that until uh, we got towards around the first of the year, and then obviously, you know, anybody's kind of following us. I know you guys know, but uh, you know, we kind of we debuted the new website and kind of had a little bit of a pause there on the blog, and uh, so basically, I kind of I spent about four or five months just kind of building content. Um, and not being able to post it. So it's like my head was exploding, man. So I, we're actually just now getting to where we're uh, starting to push some content back out. Um, you know, kind of looking as we get deeper into the summer, uh, you know, looking at some different things. I would really like to get uh, uh, one of our team members, David Stark. We need to probably reach out to him, try to get him on, man. He, If you guys kind of go back and you you can check out, and we'll share a, a link for the, for the articles on the podcast uh, bio here. But um, – you know, he, he shared an article with us last year about his, uh, his adventure and learning how to fly fish, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you guys had Keenan on too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Keenan, he, uh, he shared an article with us there last year about how he, uh, makes his harnesses and, and makes his own lures and stuff. It's really cool stuff, yeah. man. So, you know, and, and really the cool thing about Hunt Lift E2 is where we're having the team ext- expansion and, you know, ideally you kind of pull content from some current team members and you want to kind of broaden your your horizons with your new people that are coming in so you know looking through uh the next few months you know look to try to push out uh, as much fishing stuff as we possibly can just because there's you know honestly there's a lot more fishing going on through the summer than there's going to be hunting um so we kind of kind of cater to our audience you know now as far as the hunting i mean we we might talk about like some off-season uh you know like whitetail approaches and things like that you know but you know we're not talking we're not talking about hunting the rut in uh, in June. You know, we're going to be talking about fishing uh, fishing streams and lakes. And, yep, getting know. kids involved and cane pole, bluegill fishing. That's right. That's huge, man. And that, that's that's kind of one of the things. You know, you want to kind of push. We want to push that too, and kind of spread that community. You know, all of us love fishing, or we wouldn't be sitting here BSing about it at you know nine o'clock on a on a Sunday night. You know, but. <laughs> the idea is to try to share that with uh, with everybody else. You know, hey, we love this. This is why we love it. You know, we want to share that with you guys too. So, but yeah, man, there's, I, I'd expect a lot of things coming up in the future. Like I said, I had about four months just to kind of build content. So we're really excited, me and Roger, about what we can push out here in the next next few months moving forward. Awesome. So, uh, where are people going to be able to to go find this stuff at? Because by the time this goes out, this article that we're discussing is either going to be posting at the same time or right there right, right there around the same time so where where can our listeners go find these articles at see yeah, that article not blog get with at it a boy, <laughs> at, a boy, at a boy at a boy yeah man so uh 
so if you've ever bought anything off Hunt Lift Eat, um, or if you haven't, uh, go check out the website. Um, you know, when you make your first purchase, uh, you're automatically. Oh, fish Lift Eat gear. Thank you. Or Fish Lift Eat. Sorry. Um, no, I'm saying just buy, buy your Fish Lift Eat gear on <laughs> HuntLiftEat.com. Shameless plug. That's right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, whenever you guys do that, you're automatically subscribed to our, our emails. Um, you know, or you can just get on the website and you can subscribe to our emails and, uh, you know, we'll push out like an email campaign, uh, basically saying, Hey, new article, you know, uh, fishing Appalachian streams, check this out, read here and you click it and it's all there. Um, you know, you can also go to, just go to the website you scroll down. Um, there's a section down there that says articles and recipes. Um, you can click on that and there's, there's all kinds of content on there. You can backdate all those. So you can go back and check out articles that, that we, uh, that we've written and or edited and put on there within the last couple of years. Um, you know, so, but yeah, just be saying that email, uh, you know, get on a website, uh, go buy some t-shirts that way we can all keep doing what we're doing <laughs> and, uh, get on that <laughs> subscription list and, uh, and it'll come through that email. And, uh, you know, we share all the, all that stuff on our Instagram and, you know, check out the, uh, the, the fish lift eat Instagram page. We'll, we'll share something on there also as long as the main page. Um, I think that makes the first time since the Fish Lift Eat podcast has started that I didn't have to plug the Instagram page. Gold star go. for Josh. <laughs> that makes up for calling your article. That makes up for you calling your article a blog this whole time. Listen, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, man. <laughs> I'm just here, man. I'm just here. Man, talking about talking about old articles too, and I, I want to kind of give Roger a, a shameless plug here too, man. You guys need to go back and. And when you get to looking through those, I'd really encourage all of our listeners to go back on our website and and check out a uh, an article that, that he wrote and, and sent to me. Uh, what was that? Probably about a year ago, wasn't it, Raj? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, probably about last September, October. Yeah, right, right around hunting season. He he sent me yeah. an article uh, called a uh, called a gift from Pop um, that uh, is really man, it, it's it's incredible. Um, you know, and, and that's, I, I'll give him a shameless plug. So I know he's not going to talk about it himself, but it's a, uh, it was really, really cool to be able to kind of work with him and edit it and put it on there. And, uh, Roger, do you want to kind of touch on just real quick and kind of give him a quick preview of that? Yeah. So when I first came on the team, um, you know, it, it was probably about hunting season this time, 2022 or yeah, hunting season 22. And then right before hunting season, 2021, my father, uh, passed away COVID complications. And, uh, you know, he was, he was my hunting buddy. You know, we, he taught me how to hunt. He got me out in the woods and I mean, we, we spent pretty much every opening day and dove season, deer season, just always. Um, that was our, that was our thing. If we couldn't get together for anything else, we're gonna get together for hunting. Um, and it, it sucked. It happened right before, uh, hunting season that year. And I contemplated not doing, you know, any hunting that year. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but I also had a son who likes to hunt with me. And I was like, no, we need to, we need to honor my pop and keep at it. That year actually turned out to be the most successful year that my son and I have ever had. I mean, we both limited out. Um, I took the largest buck on my family's property that season. Um, and in that season, on, not only were there a lot of successes, there were a lot of lessons learned and, and just being able to cope and deal with um, the passing of a, you know, a close loved one and the connection that hunting can bring to that. And not only that, but the lessons learned in hunting 
to help us through life in itself. Though all those lessons and all those experiences, uh, I ended up writing an article um, and sending it to Josh. I'm like, hey, man, I don't know if anybody would relate to this or whatever, but here's what I learned through a, a hunting season of grief. Let's see what they, you know. And it all culminated with a huge uh, eight point on our family's property with my my late father's rifle. And just it was just a glorious season. Um, it's a, a really good article. And I poured everything I had into it. And, you know, I hope people enjoyed or, or can pull something from it. And maybe it could help them if they're kind of going through the similar thing in life. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember reading that article whenever whenever it came out and, you know, maybe I can't relate to it exactly because of what happened, but it's, it, it's, it's really cool seeing, you know, seeing what hunting did for you and your family in that, in that situation. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, th- there's no telling how many people, you know, could have been in your same shoes or, or whatever. And, you know, just seeing something like that, given the motivation they needed to kind of, to make, you know, maybe make it a more positive outcome for themselves than what, than maybe what they were experiencing at the time. So no, so I, I appreciate you putting, you know, being, being kind of vulnerable and putting stuff like that out because, you know, you, you never know what kind of impact that's going to have on people. That's right. That's right, man. And that's one of those things too. And we, you know, it, whether it's hunting or, or fishing, you know, everybody has that connection. Everybody has the reason why they, they fell in love with the outdoors and what we do, you know, and everybody can kind of go back and have those stories, but man, I'm telling you, um, you know, whenever Roger sent me that, and I, you know, I was like, man, that's, I was like, man, this is, this is, this is something. Like, man, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's any good, and I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to read it. And I'm like, no, man, I'm telling you, man, this is pretty special, you know. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, it really is, man. And you know, you got a picture of this guy holding a big old eight point with a big old grin on his face, you know, and I'm like, man, that's, I mean, that's, a, oh, yeah. that's a, an awesome, it's special awesome for sure. Special man. And you get that with fishing too. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, yep. and that's, that's the reason why we do what we do. You know, and like I said, I, I grew up fishing in the Ohio river and stuff. And, you know, some of my favorite memories as a kid is sitting, sitting on the Creek bank with my papa, you know, probably just cause my, my mamaw was getting on his nerves and he just wanted to go fish, you know? So we were always, on the <laughs> <Right>. bank. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but yeah, man, and that's what you get. And I think the reason I really like that and wanted to kind of plug that, you know, with, with hunt, lift, eat and, and what we're trying to achieve here, you know, I think the main word that, you know, Luke and Carter and all those guys always use is authenticity and being authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool part about, about the team is man, like you show that authenticity and, you know, you're, you're very transparent that, you know, we're just some good old boys sitting around BSing about fishing, you know, I mean, that you show that authenticity and, and people resonate with that, you know, and I, that's kind of, that's kind of what we want to do with, you know, the Fish Lift Eat podcast, and the Hunt Lift Eat podcast, and, you know, the, the articles and the recipes, you show that authenticity and, you know, you, you kind of put everything out there and, and people resonate with that. And that's, that's, that's really special. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's definitely, uh, definitely no scripts around here. Kind of what you see is what you're going to get, like it or not. You, 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 never, you never know what you're going to hear on here, whether it be, you know, chasing tail or something else. Hey, considering the game plan for tonight was, ah, boys, won't we just, uh, let's BS it, see how it goes. Uh, we're, we're good, man. Not too bad. Not All too right, bad hey, uh, record. Okay, welcome to the Fish with Deep podcast. <laughs>
That's it, man. You just kind of see where the, see where it takes you. That's it, man. But I mean, at, at, at the same time, though, that that kind of that, that's what it's always is going to resonate better with people than trying to to fake something. Right. You know, I could I could get on here and you know talk about something. You know, have a Wikipedia page or something pulled up on my other screen over here, trying to talk about something I have no clue about. It'd be like me. It'd be like me trying to be as John about fly fishing. I don't know crap about fly fishing. That's why John's on here. You know, the, <laughs> the, the first few episodes that we did, it seemed like everybody we were talking to was about fly fishing. And I'm just freaking dumb hillbilly down here trying to like make bass bite a piece of plastic. And I've, I've actually, like, I've never went fly fishing. I know nothing about it. Well, I mean, I've, I've been, but like, I have no, I have, there's no reason for me to ever be the person talking about fly fishing is what I'm getting at. <laughs> but I mean, I'll still get on and contribute to it, but I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about that. Cause no, I mean, it, yeah, it, go, it goes against well. the authentic thing too, though. I mean, we, we, we won't, I'm fine with being the idiot that don't know what we're talking about, but that doesn't yeah, mean that we're not going to talk a about river it. runs through it and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it's like. I just, look, I just, look, you're not doing it like that. You're not doing exactly. It. <laughs> my fly fishing experience compiles of like looking at John's Instagram of these just monster steelhead that he catches. That's my fly like fishing experience. Like New York experience. is such a, it's it's weird too because New York is so different from the the southern. Uh, like I fly fished up, you know, South Carolina, all the, I guess it would be the east side of the uh, of the Blue Ridge Mountains down there, and mm-hmm. then I fly fish in Colorado too, and it's just like every every different area has its own kind of way of doing it too, and. I mean, at the end of the day, you're all after the same thing. You're trying to trick a fish into biting a hook and pull it out of the water. And it's funny how fucking complicated we can make these things. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just got to keep it simple, man. Just got to keep yeah. it simple. <laughs> as best as you can. You know, sometimes uh, you, you let things kind of get in your own way. But Exactly. You know, but Yeah, man, that's cool. I, like I said, I, I've never fly fished, man. I know absolutely nothing about it. I mean, I've seen people do it. And, you know, like I said, David – turning that article that I edited there last year, talking about his, uh, you know, his experience learning how to do it. And, um, you know, and I was like, man, I, I don't even know half the stuff he's even talking about. You know, I just, I just don't, you know, but I just haven't ever, basically I never grew up around anybody that did it that said, grab me when I was an eight year old kid and said, Hey man, we're going fly fish, you know? So the first question of wanting to learn fly fishing, should I fucking fly fish? Like, is this the best way of catching what hook I'm trying to catch? Do I really want to do it? If I'm going catfishing, I'm not bringing a fly rod. That's exactly I can like torture myself and try and get one on a fly rod, but (laughs) is it the best fucking way of catching a fish? If that's not the first answer, then you probably shouldn't do it. Now I've been talking with Luke. We've talked. We've mulled this one over many times of getting, you know, the next big team meet together wherever we do doing some type of fly fishing and fly tying thing. Just because so many people are interested in it, and then even if it's a, you know, that you're avid fishermen in in the spin fishing world or the bass fishing world, and they just want to branch into, you know, fly fishing in a little little sense, or they they have a creek down the road and they want to maybe try different techniques for it, but. That's uh, that's probably going to happen in the next year or two. Uh, we just got to work out some more of the logistics behind it and see what Luke does with the the larger team gatherings. But Sounds his awesome. life is just as chaotic as everyone else's, so that's <laughs> around we can get that one happening. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. I'm in. You give me a time and a place, and I'll be there. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'll think about it. 
<laughs> I don't go down. We'll put all the bass fish off Casey's boat. <laughs> is that a uh, is that a ten? No, no, that would be. How big is that boat? It's big. <laughs> as long as the green pants ain't around, man, it's as big as it needs to be. My man, <laughs> those green pants, man, they'll the get green, you every time. The green pants. Oh yeah! Shout out to the DNR. You hate my guts now. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, we got a couple of those on the team. I think we'll be all right. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got, I got several buddies that that are all Georgia DNR, and they're. I'll catch crap for that one, but it's nothing that I don't say to their face. <laughs> That's how I am, man. I've, I've got. There's a couple around here that there's a couple little uh, like state park lakes around us, and like I said, I fish a river. So most of the time, each summer, I I run into the same the same game wardens you know 15 times and most of the time it's well oh, man catching anything you know it's basically they don't have to check me anymore I, i'm on a first name basis with them because they run into me fishing so much you know but. so the the ramp that we use primarily is on a state park and um so it's usually like i said the same wardens that kind of patrol the area whenever we're putting in and there's a lot of tournaments go out of that same lake and i usually just get the same uh one finger salute when i go by them now they've checked me so many times <laughs> Uh, it's the only time they give the only time they ever give me craps when I come in with a decent bag. Yeah. <laughs> As we've all seen, you know, what, well, that's what I was about to say. Ever since, you know, those two idiots in the walleye world decided mm-hmm. to uh get busted with that, that's my my DNR buddies like to uh they like to try to stir up the crowd if Casey comes in with a good bag. Yeah. Right. Is that three pounder a real three pounder? Dude, I put a bag on the scales one time, and then like I hear from like the other side of the parking lot, cut them open, and I'll turn <laughs> around, and it's literally like my dude in his uniform, like my buddy in his DNR uniform, like trying to stir this crap up. I was like, dude, <laughs> I don't know how, but surely you could get fired for this. Like, <laughs> I don't know where I have to you report you, but I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna figure out where to report you for this. <laughs> they trying to uh, get the GPS location of the. Uh, the st- the caves that you got buried underwater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With all the fat ones there. Yeah, I got a, I got a three pounder. It's about a mile away. I just got to go get him. Yeah, yeah. If only, if only. That's right, man. I'd say there is quite a bit of that. I mean, over the years, man. I know when that kind of came out, I got to reading, just kind of sharing some different stories and looking at some of the stuff that people try to do in the big tournaments, man. That's wild, you know. So, the, and I, I would say though. Yeah, all right, so this is my first year really fishing on like, you know, big stage tournaments through like major league fishing and stuff. I'd say it's more of a local thing, yeah. isn't it? That's what I was you you're you'll see more more people trying to get away with stuff at like the local level than you mm-hmm. will because there's so many more, you know, checks and balances once you get to to major league fishing. Like I've got to sign a waiver basically. I've got to be okay with getting polygraphed after everyone if I you know, they they can polygraph me for after any tournament if they want to. And that's for any any angler that's you know you're signing that you agree to follow all the rules and you will be polygraphed if you know if randomly selected or whatever but then you have that i mean you have marshals you have other people in the boats you just have all these other things that you're not going to find at a at a local level that that prevents that Hmm. yeah i mean that's that's i'd say you're probably right there i mean on a local level i just think of like you know some some good old boy on a on a lake that you know, he went up a holler and stashed something back you know, on the back mm-hmm. part of the lake. Well, not That's even that. A lot, more, I've been, a lot more prevalent. I mean, I fish. I mean, I fish these opens too that are on the 
on our local lakes here. Like you'll have tournaments where they, they don't even check your live wells before you blast off. You know, like there's nothing saying that these dudes don't even have something already in the boat. Like, all right, you know, the cooler's full. Everyone's got to crack one. All right, let's so like, go. It, like, when we check in, like there's at these big tournaments, like you've got boat check and stuff. Like you have to go by with your live wells open, with your like pumps running to show that they're working. And I mean, even some local ones, like they'll be checking your live wells and stuff before you put your boat in the water and et cetera. But like, then there's some, it's just like, Oh, well, as long as you paid your money, take off. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Crazy. Yeah. That's wild, man. <laughs> oh, well, before we get off on too many more, more rabbit holes and save some for future episodes, is there uh, is there anything else y'all want to add to, uh, promote your your articles not blogs but your articles and this one in particular maybe that's coming up uh yeah man i like i kind of beat a dead horse man and the idea is to to give content for for people to enjoy reading we try to be as broad as we possibly can whether it's hunting or fishing or you know wild game recipes or fitness or or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. you know um make sure you subscribe that way you can you can check those out We'll, we'll send out those email campaigns let me know when we have new stuff um you know, that some of that stuff either comes from me or, you know, like we mentioned Roger's article, you know, we get article submissions that are, that are being turned in from team members. And, you know, we have some non-team members that kind of use our, uh, our platform to kind of produce their content to uh, the uh, rookie hunter, Elizabeth Brownell. Uh, she, she uses hers, uh, uses our platform to kind of push her content also. Uh, so they will be, be a lot of good stuff on there, man. A lot of it's coming from our team members, but you know, you know how it is guys. We got people in, from Canada to Florida to California, wherever. So you're looking at mm-hmm. people and knowledge is coming from, you know, an assortment of backgrounds and, you know, a, a wealth of, of knowledge, uh, just cause of yeah. the broadness, you know? So, uh, yeah, man, that's, sure. that's, that's really cool. We appreciate everybody for reading, you know, appreciate you guys obviously having us on and, you know, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to doing more of this in, in the future. And, uh, you know, we'd like to kind of align with you guys. So whenever we have something fishing related coming out, we're going to get back on this thing and we'll, uh, we'll gladly easily sit around and BS about fishing for an hour. That's uh you guys are always welcome. That's right. Man. For sure. Yep. So to all our listeners, if you haven't already head over to, uh, the fish lifted official Instagram, give us a follow there. And then also, um, you know, drop us, uh, drop us a message there. If you see, um, if there's any topics you'd like us to pass on to, to Josh and Roger to, uh, you know, to maybe work some content in on future articles or um, if you have any any content of your own that you, you know, would like to see used. But, um, you know, like I said, just drop, find us on, on Instagram there and um, and we'll get you plugged in one way or another. For sure. Well, until next time, boys. We will put a wrap on this one and um, see y'all next time. Thanks again for coming on. Thank y'all, Josh and Roger, for for y'all's hard work on these on these articles and and helping us put another layer to to fish lift to eat. And uh, look forward to seeing uh, seeing what you got coming next. Thank you, yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, guys. You guys. All right, y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all next time. Have a good night, boys. Absolutely. Enjoy your weekend. Right, you too.